What is up, everybody? Nick Scripp here live on the Fantrax YouTube and Twitter channels or, or X channels. Uh, we have a week until the first NFL Sunday. Had a window of time today, so I said, hey, let's let's get on a live stream. I feel like it's it's been a little bit. It's uh, It's been a very... Um, a very busy off season, just getting into the uh, the the swing of things. But uh, very excited to get in, you know into the uh, regular flow of what we got going on here at Fantrax on a weekly basis. So what I got going on today, we have a couple player spotlights we want to talk about. We're going to talk about a little bit of strategy when it comes to trading, and also some guys that stash. And uh, I think it's going to be a good episode. So go tell your uh, your buddies we're live here. All right, so the first thing we're talking about here today, let's get uh, into the topic to put on the board, uh, trading. So I made a graphic, pushed it out through the Fantrax channel saying, hey, today is National Trading Day. We have one week until the first NFL Sunday. Let's try to get some activity in your league. So uh, when it comes to trading, I think a lot of people think it's very straightforward as far as the process goes. But you see in a lot of leagues a lack of activity, a lack of people trying to make trades, a lack of people that actually want to make moves. And I think a lot of times we draft a team and we think that team is the best team that's ever uh, been available on you know in the fantasy football world. But a majority of the time you, you draft a team and you take a look and you have some flaws, right? Not everything goes the way you want to in drafts. You might have some areas of weakness. So two ways to change your team, right? Waivers and trading. And a lot of people are actually not very familiar with, you know, how to appropriately go through the trading process. So very quickly here, here's a couple steps that you should take. And maybe it's beneficial for some people that are new for fantasy football or to fantasy football to, to hear something like this. I think, you know, the people that have been playing for a decade hear stuff like this and they think to themselves like, this seems super basic, but you have to remember that, Every year, there's thousands of people that are playing fantasy football for the first time ever, right? So step one, you need to identify from your team what needs to improve. Where is my area of weakness? What do I want to upgrade? You know, where am I not deep? You have to figure out, hey, you know, what should my target be at the end of the day? Do I need to, you know, upgrade my wide receiver position? Am I lacking running back depth? Uh, is my tight end a position I, I really can improve and, and get after via trade. So identify what needs to change, what needs to improve. Number two, you have to scan the league, right? You have to look for teams that can fill that need. So you have to pick out from different teams, hey, this guy has this piece that can really help me. Maybe you, again, are, are really lacking at the wide receiver position and somebody else is loaded. So that becomes your trade target. So once you identify the other team that you can trade with, you have to look at their squad and see, hey, how can I address one of their needs? <clears throat> you see this all the time where like someone has an elite tight end and then another person offers them a tight end. Like, no, I, I'm good. Like, I don't need that. And that's something slept on is, hey, if I want something from somebody, I have to give them an incentive for them to give me that piece. <clears throat> at the end of the day, 
people are not just going to hand you good things. Like if they have a good player that you like, the chances that they also like that player. That's why they drafted them or traded for them uh, in the past. So look at their team. Where can they get better? What would be an incentive for them, you know, a position maybe, and, and take a look at your team. All right, how can I address something that they would be interested in? You know, you, you have to give them the incentive. Send the offer. Let them know that you sent the offer. Maybe it's in the in the chat. You app them and say, hey, here's an offer. Uh, follow up. Maybe you text them. Maybe you message them. What, what do you think about this? And then the process is either you guys negotiate, you counter a little bit, or they're just not interested and you move on. It's very simple, but I feel like those steps are slept on too often. So let's talk about some fantasy football specific players here for this coming season. Maybe they are guys I, I think are undervalued. Maybe they're guys that I just want to spotlight and talk about a little bit. But first one on the list here is Marquise Brown, who I feel like was a really good value this year in drafts based off of his ADP, meaning he was going later than what he actually can do as far as fantasy football production goes. I think he was going as like the wide receiver 35 off the board, something or somewhere around that uh, spot there. But roller coaster season last year, his first year in Arizona. It was, it was nice to see him back connected with Kyler Murray. They had history together at Oklahoma. Uh, he's, I, I, I jotted the note down, but Marquise Brown finished with 1,318 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns through 12 games with Kyler Murray. I think that was in uh, his final season, but the college connection obviously was evident uh, through their six weeks together last year, year one in Arizona. Through six weeks of football, Hollywood Brown ranked number four in targets, number five in receptions, number seven in receiving yards, number five in total fantasy points, and number seven in fantasy points per game. So this guy was top seven, at least, in all of those metrics through six weeks, which isn't really that small of a sample size if you think about it. Uh, that's a third of the season, pretty much. And you look good with his, again, former college quarterback. Now, unfortunately, Hollywood Brown ended up missing time. So did Kyler Murray last year. That truly impacted both of their seasons. And we're unsure when Kyler Murray is going to actually be back from that ACL injury. Uh, they did select Michael Wilson in the third round this year. They also, you know, have Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch. DeAndre Hopkins is, is out of the mix. He averaged 10.66 targets per game last season. He's now a Titan. It's clear that Hollywood Brown is the team's number one target with what quarterback for how long. That's the big question mark. That's what, you know, impacted his, his ADP. Uh, but even with a questionable quarterback situation, this is a guy that's going to see consistently high volume. You know, through those first six weeks, he was, he was earning 10 plus targets in four of those six games. Uh, many are projected, you know, projecting the Cardinals to be one of the lower scoring teams in the NFL this year. To me, that means maybe they're chasing a lot of games. And when you chase games, you typically don't just run the ball the whole time. Right. So, for a player that could be top 12 in targets, just as the clear number one, I think he was a big value this year in fantasy football drafts. And I think he could be a, a guy that's going to uh, deliver higher than uh, what's expected out of him just because of that you know, quarterback situation. The Cardinals probably not being super good. Drake London. So first receiver off the board in last year's draft had pick eight. 
he had a pretty impressive rookie season, I'd say, just because, you know, we, we look at the the volume, right? And it just wasn't there. It was the second lowest passing volume offense in the NFL. You know, London earned the 22nd most targets, 117. He finished with 866 receiving yards through 17 games. You know, this didn't mean that every week he was a great fantasy football asset. Uh, Average 10.5 points per game. Not super great, not super hot there. But he did have the the fifth highest target share at 29.4% amongst all wide receivers, which I think is significant heading into 2023. You know, we saw Desmond Ritter as the starter the last uh, four weeks in Atlanta. He's the starter this season. Uh, You look at two different things. A lot of people will talk about the Falcons and and talk about the fact that it was such a low passing volume offense, right? They didn't throw the ball a lot. They're a run first team. But things change when the quarterbacks change. Marcus Mariota played in 13 games, and he threw the ball 30 times only twice. Desmond Ritter played in four games, and he threw the ball 30-plus times twice as well. So 50% of the time Ritter played, he was throwing the ball 30-plus times. So it was very different quarterback to quarterback. I think this could be a sign that there's going to be more passing volume in this offense in comparison to what people look at. There's always more context to everything when it comes to uh, football and fantasy football and stats and all of that. So you look at the London numbers with Desmond Ritter, week 15, seven catches, 11 targets, 70 yards. Week 16, seven catches, nine targets, 96 yards. Week 17, five catches, eight targets, 47 yards, and then the big Week 18, six catches on eight targets for 120 yards. So we got games sprinkled in there, 14.6 fantasy points, 18 fantasy points the last week. Yes, Kyle Pitts was injured. We we, we get that. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the obvious mark that people are going to say. But I think when we look at the offense, you know, you're going to have B. John Robinson touching the ball a lot. That, that That's fine. They can still continue to run the ball a lot. But I still think that it's going to be operated through the air with those two guys, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I think London is a candidate to see 120-plus targets this season, and he's a major talent. Uh, he was the first wide receiver off the board above Garrett Wilson, above Chris Alave, and I don't think a lot of people argue that at the time. And I still think he is as talented as those two guys, and he's not ranked that way, and he's not – you know, value that way in dynasty leagues or in fantasy football in general. But when we're looking at straight up talent, I think he is a very different wide receiver than a guy like Garrett Wilson. But I still think the talent's there and I think it can translate to fantasy football. Obviously, what Desmond Ritter does as a full year starter is going to be important. But again, I think they're going to pass the ball more than people are projecting. The connection with Desmond Ritter looked pretty good. I think Drake London could have a big jump in his sophomore year. So not a super sexy name to talk about, especially talking about a tight end, but Dalton Schultz, you know, in in, in, in the 2023 draft, uh, C.J. Stroud selected number two for Houston, second player off the board, threw 8,123 yards and 85 touchdowns at Ohio State. Brandon Cooks is out of there. He's now a cowboy. They, they added veterans, Robert Woods and Dalton Schultz, who we're going to be talking about. Noah Brown also came in through free agency. They drafted Tank Dell in round three, Xavier Hutchinson round six. John Mechie looks looks healthy, which is awesome. You know, after that leukemia uh, scare that he had, uh, he was a former second round pick, missed the entire season. Devin Singletary added in the backfield with Damian Pierce. Sneakle Collins is the the big name to watch out for for that wide receiver room. Um, a lot of optimism from the fantasy community, which I, I I agree with. But 
looking at Dalton Schultz, he's been top 10 uh, in points per game for the fan, uh, for the tight end position in fantasy football back-to-back seasons with his time back in Dallas. In 2022, he missed a little bit of time, and I think he came back in there. At the, he had some sort of knee injury. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I, I know it was kind of lingering for a little bit, but he still managed to earn 89 targets from you know in the Dallas system. Uh, 577 receiving yards. 2021, that was his big season. Uh, 104 targets. That was number six for tight ends. Caught 78 of them. That was number three for tight ends. He produced 808 receiving yards, number six for tight ends. Scored eight touchdowns. That was number five. Uh, 2020, he earned 89 targets again. Produced 615 receiving yards. So I'm just spitting out numbers to show you that he has earned targets. He has produced decent receiving yards, and he's been fantasy relevant. And I think he has a big opportunity with C.J. Shroud to, again, consistently earn targets because that's what he's done. Uh, 2021, finished fifth in fantasy points per game. It may be hot takey, but I think just, just seeing the camp news, I think seeing the camp clips, I think reading certain things, I think there's a chance that Dalton Schultz is C.J. Stroud's number one target as far as who will finish the season in in that whole receiving room, including the wide receivers, in total targets. I, I think there's a chance. And when you have a guy like that, we've seen in the past, Travis Kelsey consistently, Mark Andrews, you know, Darren Waller back with the Raiders. When a guy is the number one target as the tight end, that translates great for fantasy football. So he's been another guy I felt has been a pretty good value in drafts uh, if you don't want to pay the premium for a tight end. And I think, you know, even if he's not the number one target, I think that each week he's going to see consistency in his role in this offense. And I think the veteran tight end just might be the easy outlet versus, you know, some of these young guys that are probably still developing. Calvin Ridley. I've been talking about Calvin Ridley a lot this offseason. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have too, but I, I've always been a big fan. Big fan of the talent, big fan of what he's done before the last time he played. October of 2021, he was suspended all of last season because of an, you know, a gambling uh, incident. Uh, but Lands of Jacksonville scored the 10th most total points last season. This was an offense that took a major leap forward. Trevor Lawrence took a major leap forward. Many have mentioned early on before preseason, before camp, like this guy might be you know, rusty. He's probably rusty. But if you look at the camp clips, he does not look rusty. You don't forget talent. I think if you played sports at a, a decently high level, I think you you agree to that statement. Maybe you're a little bit rusty at times, but you don't forget skill. And that's something that Calvin Ridley has not forgotten. And we've seen it already in the camp clips, in the preseason games, in the reports that have come out. 2020, a lot of people have referenced it. I'll continue to reference it, but... 2020 career year, 143 targets, 90 catches, 1,374 receiving yards and nine touchdowns, 18.8 fantasy points per game. This is a former first-round selection back in 2018, which was a minute ago. Still talent. He's shown us the production. He's consistently earned targets, 92, 93, 143 targets through his first three seasons. So we've seen the upside of the volume the receiving yards, the touchdowns, the fantasy production. Lawrence last season finished with over 4,000 passing yards, 
and more than doubled his touchdowns in comparison to his rookie season. So it was great to see him take a leap forward with the additions of Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Zay Jones, who were all fantasy significant last season. So if we look at the receiving room of those guys I just mentioned, I don't think there's a huge comparison when it, or a good comparison when it comes to Calvin Ridley and the rest of those guys. I don't. I know a lot of people have still voiced that they think Christian Kirk is still the guy, uh, the number one you know, wide receiver, the number one target. I don't think so. I don't think that those two guys, personally, I don't think that they're super close in talent. I don't think their resumes are, are very close. I don't think in 2023 it's going to be close when it comes to production. I, I just don't. I think Christian Kirk is, is going to be a good flex option this year. I think he's going to still be a big piece of this offense, and they're going to continue to implement him into, into you know their game plan every single week. But I think Calvin Ridley is just a different beast, just in all honesty. I, I, I have him inside my top 12 for this coming season, which you know screams bounce back season. Jerick McKinnon. So I, I posted a screenshot on uh, Twitter or X. I, I, I guess I'll call it X. It just feels weird calling it that. But uh, I sent a 2024 third for McKinnon through a dart, you know, a dart on a pick. That means nothing to me right now or pretty much anybody. You know, if you want to go and stack thirds, go ahead. I know later on, maybe you'll be like, oh, this was good that I stacked a bunch of thirds. But right now, I, I think it's, it's fine to uh, throw a third for a guy like McKinnon who... We're not sure if he's going to mimic his his 2022 production. Uh, we're not sure if he's going to have the same role, you know, this and that. But when we're looking at the attachment to Patrick Mahomes and we're looking at, you know, everybody else, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Ra you know, Raji Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, there's tons of question marks. So I'll take the question mark here at the cost of, of him being one of the later picks or like a 10th round pick or wherever he was going in, in fantasy football drafts. But he ranked fourth last year in Kansas City in targets, 71, which was top 10 for running backs. He had a career-high 56 receptions, which ranked uh, ninth for running backs, 512 receiving yards. That ranked fourth for the running back position last year. Highly efficient with his work. 6.3 yards per touch was the fourth best among all running backs. Double-digit touchdowns. That was icing on the cake right there. After finishing 26 in fantasy points per game with 11.6, I think taking a stab at him being, you know, top 25 again at the cost of this was his cost previously that I looked at RB 39 was well worth it. You know, especially if you're playing in PPR leagues, if you have a guy that's going to catch passes out of the backfield from Patrick Mahomes, that's appealing, right? I, I, I think we look at the system and the only solidified role in the offense outside of Patrick Mahomes is Travis Kelsey. Everybody else up for grabs. We don't know who's going to uh, emerge if, if one role is going to be cons you know consistent and stick. A lot of people like Sky Moore. I don't personally. Some people like Kadarius Tony. I, I have before, but now you know the question marks with the injury continue to pop up. Raji Rice. They invested in him. We don't know. So I, I think just at cost, I, I've really liked McKinnon in drafts, and I like him as a really really cheap buy low if you are a contender. Tyler Higby, so 2022, rough year. The, the Rams won the Super Bowl, and then last season, it looked like a dumpster fire. A lot of that had to do with Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford missing significant time, and that resulted in losing way more games than expected. Uh, for Tyler Higby, though, it was a career career year in uh, targets, 108, reception, 72. 
him having the fourth highest target share for the tight end position. He led all tight ends and deep targets. That's that's appealing. That's some upside right there. He was top 10 in receiving yards with 620. He ran the third most routes. This didn't necessarily mean that he scored amazing fantasy points at the end of the day. But, you know, you would expect that. He doesn't have his starting quarterback. I don't think you, you know, are going to see a ton of volume and a ton of deep targets from a backup and be like, oh, you know, of course he's going to, you know, finish top five in, in points then. No, it, it, it didn't work out that way. But it is important to say, hey, he was a massive piece of this offense. He was a guy being targeted. He was utilized. Uh, he was looked at deep. He was looked at, in, you know, intermediately. Uh, 2023, we're hoping Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are healthy. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like Cooper Cup is going to be healthy. He's, he's, he's dealing with the, the hamstring again. He's been lowered in many people's rankings, which I think is completely justifiable because he's not like 22 years old. He's an older wide receiver who's dealt with injuries last season and in the past. And then you're, you know, looking at the the receiving core for the Rams, and you're, you you say the names Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, Demarcus Robinson, Ben Skaronic, Puka, the the rookie. I mean, we're 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 just saying names at this point. There's nobody that stands out as like the guy. So what does that mean? Uh, the guy last season probably is going to be the guy this season while Cooper Cup is sidelined. When it comes to what I look for for the fantasy football tight end position, it's target volume. I don't want to chase touchdowns. I don't want to chase big plays. I want a tight end that is going to consistently see targets week in and week out. That's why I talked about Dalton Schultz earlier because I feel like he's a guy that could be a heavily targeted player. And that's the same thing for Tyler Higby. So, you know, when we're looking at rankings, I think he's got to be inside the top 12. I, I, I do. I think I put him right, right at 12, which again, it's not going to win you your league, but if you were drafting and you didn't want to pay up for a tight end, maybe he's that late round guy you go and grab. So, um, he was, he was priced at tight end 14 beyond pick 120 top 12 candidate. I think he was also a big value in, in drafts this year that could have a potentially decent season. Let's call, uh, talk to Deontay Johnson. Really have liked him. It was unfortunate, you know, the, the 2022 season that he had after such a great 2021 and 2022, he ranked sixth in targets, 147, but the production did match up. He averaged 10.9 fantasy points per game. He was probably one of the biggest busts in, in you know, in terms of expectation, volume, production being low outside the top 20 in receiving yards. He scored zero touchdowns. Their offense only generated 12 passing touchdowns though. So, you know, obviously it didn't add up for him. It didn't add up for Pat Fryermuth as well, uh, who, who scored a low amount of touchdowns versus expectations. Deontay Johnson's target accuracy uh, via player profiler ranked number 55 for wide receivers. These are all big factors to why it was a bad year. You know, it quarterback play wasn't great. Um, didn't score any touchdowns. The receiving yards were not what they, they should have been. Uh, I don't think signs pointed to him just like being bad or like not being good. Uh, 2021, he scored 17.2 fantasy points per game, which ranked eighth. He earned 169 targets, caught 107 balls. He racked up 1,161 receiving yards and he scored eight touchdowns. Uh, very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. High when we're looking at, you know, Ben Roethlisberger versus Kenny Pickett, who, does look good. I'm, I've been pivoting on Kenny Pickett a lot, just seeing the preseason games, just seeing the reports coming out, just reading up on him. 
I've, I've pivoted, and I think that if Kenny Pickett takes the steps forward that it looks like he has, it's going to be a good year for uh, Deontay Johnson. Johnson has been top 12 uh, wide receiver in total route wins the last two seasons, so he's consistently earning targets, and he's consistently winning routes. Uh, his ability to get open is, has been seen on tape, and people talk about it all the time. I'm, I'm a believer in targets are earned, and he's done nothing but earn them. 147, 169, 144 since entering the league. I mean, he, he's done it consistently. Uh, I expect Pittsburgh offense to take a step forward. Uh, George Pickens looks good. He's making big plays. I think that he is also going to be a guy that I'll change my stance on, and I have changed my stance on. I think George Pickens is going to be a good flex play. I really like Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he's a guy I've talked about a lot uh, through content. But Deontay Johnson, he, he's the guy. He's the guy. I know a lot of people want to say maybe it's going to be George Pickens now and things are changing. I disagree. I think it's going to be the guy that consistently gets open, the guy that you know has been in the Mike Tomlin offense, uh, the guy that you know, has been heavily targeted. So while all things you know can also move forward, Deontay Johnson can get back to what he's done in the past. Wouldn't be a Nick script pod if I didn't talk about a guy like Jahan Dotson. I always got to talk about somebody on the podcast that's a true my guy, and he has been a true my guy since he's entered the league. Really liked him as a prospect in his final season. He ranked number 12 in receptions, number 18 in receiving yards, and tied for number eight in receiving touchdowns in college football back at Penn State. That resulted in Washington utilizing the 16th overall pick in last year's draft. Uh, that just tells you what they thought about him. Rookie season, he averaged 10.9 fantasy points per game across the 12 games he played. If you strictly look at the games, Dotson played 70% plus of the snaps. He averaged 14.03 fantasy points per game, which was guided by uh, touchdown scoring for you know a good chunk of that. 523 receiving yards and seven touchdowns in 12 games was a decent rookie season, I think, through the injuries that he had. This is a guy that ran a 4-4-3. He has catch and run abilities. He has a volume profile out of Penn State. He's a zone beater. Great hands. I, I think he's just a great talent in general. Sam Howell is going to enter his first season as Washington starter. I actually did like Sam Howell in college. I think a lot of people talk about the decline he had in his final season, but he also lost so many pieces of that North Carolina offense from that junior to senior year. Um, or junior, senior year, or, or, or just his last two seasons. I, I get the years mixed up sometimes. But camp clips after camp clips have come out, Howell to Dotson. I think when you have a first-year starter, a first-year quarterback, you know, and there's a bunch of them this year, Sam Howell, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, there, there's a bunch of them, right? I think connections are up for grabs. I think a lot of people look at a guy like Terry McLaurin and say there's no way – Terry McLaurin is not the alpha. There's no way he's not the wide receiver one. I don't know. I don't know because if you look at the games that both Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin played together, I think you would be surprised uh, about the fantasy scoring. I think you'd be surprised about the, the the targets. I think Terry McLaurin averaged more fantasy points, but there were more weeks that Jahan Dotson was the better fantasy scorer when they both played full games. So, McLaurin, I think, is banged up. I'm not sure if he's 100% healthy or not. I think, and one of my hotter takes, is that Jahan Dotson will lead Washington in targets this year in 2023. I think the connection is evident between him and Sam Howell. I think that his talent is very, very good. I think that Dotson is going to be in everybody's flex play for most of this season. 
Uh, wide receiver 37 I jotted down at one point was his ADP. I have him in the 20s. At one point, I had him at like 29. I It's on the Fantrax website. I want to say he was like 25 or something. I, I'm, I'm very high on Jahan Dotson this year. Two guys, if they are available, you should be rostering for redraft this season. I want to mention I made two videos explaining more details on these guys. You can find it on the, the TikTok channel for Fantrax or the Fantrax Twitter page. But Sean Tucker, good prospect out of Syracuse. He had back-to-back seasons, over 1,000 yards rushing. Both of those seasons, he had uh, double-digit touchdowns. He had a bump in his receptions in his final year at, again, Syracuse. He had the the heart issue that came up, the medical. A lot of people were uh, nervous about what that meant, which made him go undrafted. I think a lot of people looked at that and said, I'm not, I'm not touching that. Ends up in Tampa Bay, which is one of the better spots to end up in, just because I don't think, you know, uh, Rashad White, he did good stuff as a rookie, good pass-catching numbers. He should be the running back one. He should be, but he's not like, you know, it's not like he landed in New York with Saquon Barkley. He didn't, you know, land in a spot where the running back one is just this like alpha dog that cannot be beat out. I'm not saying he's going to beat our shot white, but I am saying right now they've been listing him as the running back two on the roster. There's a chance that both guys get work. There's a chance that it's a committee. Even if it's not a committee, I think he had pretty solid production to where maybe he's a good handcuff. Stash him, stash him. Because, you know, we look for those James Robinsons all the time, the guys that, you know, nobody drafts, and then, boom, they're they're fantasy relevant. He could be that guy this year. The other guy, Leonard Fournette. Me and a buddy were kind of going back and forth, Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt. Leonard Fournette is has averaged top 12 fantasy points per game in five of his six seasons. He's had back-to-back seasons highly utilized as a pass catcher. Now you can say, well, you know, it was with Tom Brady and likes doing that. You still got to do it at the end of the day. And he did it in Jacksonville too. So many will say, you know, he's volume based as far as what he, he does and what he produces. And many will say, well, these efficiency metrics will show that he's not as good as people think he is. At the end of the day, football can be very simple. And I think sometimes we, you know, dig into the stats and, um, you know, the analytics of things and the film of things. And we, we pull out some good information. I, I do agree with that. But also, I think that we kind of overanalyze sometimes. And when it comes to Leonard Fournette, he's touched the football a lot throughout his career. He's produced fantasy points to a good extent throughout his career. He's been fantasy productive. He's been a guy heavily utilized. So regardless if you know, you like what he's done or you like his efficiency metrics or any of that, you're not changing that. And I think that wherever he ends up going, maybe he goes somewhere, you know, filling in for an injured running back. Maybe that's what he's waiting for. Maybe he goes somewhere and he creates a committee. Maybe he goes somewhere and he is the best or one of the best handcuffs just to have. In any of those scenarios, there's no reason he should be on the waiver wire. So if he is, go and pick him up. I checked an app's roster percentage, and he was like at 15%. So a lot of people say, hey, he's not on a team. I don't want him. I would. I would. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Fantrax live stream here. We released recently our full NFL content schedule for this coming season. I am part of a team. I lead that team. 
I help organize those things. I will be doing a lot of video stuff. I'll have two bigger written pieces a week, but the team really has a lot of awesome stuff that will be produced consistently every single week. Every day there's going to be Fantrax content for fantasy football on all different platforms here on X, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. We're going to be everywhere because I think we are going to be a great source. Uh, I don't think. I know we are going to be a great source of fantasy football content this season. I think we're going to, going to uh, truly grow in the space and be one of the brands that people look at and say, hey, I like consuming fantasy football content from those guys, from that brand. That's going to be us. So if you're seeing this and you're not following us on all the socials, do that. Do that. Have a good weekend, guys. Enjoy the long one. See you guys next week for actual football.